In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, my name's Phil. I'm just a normal guy living my boring teenage life. Some call me a nerd. Well, yeah, I am a straight-A student. I don't have many friends, probably because they're jealous of my grades, but that's it. I'm far from a nerd. I think I'm pretty cool, and I mean, I look okay, and I'm funny. If not, then the coolest kids in school wouldn't have invited me to their party, right? I guess every school has a group of popular rich kids. At my school, there was a group of four cool guys, Dylan, Mark, Jared, and Nick. They always have the latest iPhones, the best cars, and all the girls look at them with heart eyes. It started with Dylan. He was in the same Spanish class as me, and his grades were pretty bad. One day after class, he walked over to me and asked me to do his homework. In return, he would give me a ride home in his cool car. I agreed. The homework was a piece of cake anyway. That day, I got to sit in such a nice car for the first time ever. I enjoyed the ride as much as the admiration from all the girls as we drove away from the campus. Dylan got a good grade on his homework, so he told his friends. And they asked me to do their homework, too. In exchange, I got to hang out with them. I didn't mind being a nobody at school, and I did have friends, but I couldn't deny that it was fun to hang out with the cool kids. I even got invited over to Mark's massive three-story home. Mark is like the alpha. They always met up at his house, probably because his place was so amazing. He had a pool, gym, cinema, and a games room. Mark always ordered loads of pizza, and he never made me pay for it. Life was pretty amazing. I got to have a taste of the rich life. I knew I was still the outsider. Sometimes I'd walk into the room and they'd all fall silent. This made me feel a bit awkward, but I didn't think all that much of it. I mean, I was the new guy to their group. I guess they just needed a little time to get to know me properly. One day, this new kid at school called Kyle asked me to be his partner for a science project. He seemed a bit awkward. He was this big guy with an outdated style. His t-shirt was always tucked into baggy jeans. 
hey, I know I'm not the most fashionable guy at school, but even I know this isn't a good look. Kyle didn't talk much about his family. I only knew that his parents were strict and didn't allow friends at home. He never even waited for me to walk to the bus station together. He just disappeared after school. Strange kid. But we both liked classic rock, which none of the other kids could relate to. So we clicked really fast. Meanwhile, I still hung out often with the cool kid squad. I also asked Kyle if he would like to join us, but he awkwardly refused. I presumed he didn't think he was cool enough. He did seem very interested in them, though, and asked me loads of questions. Every time I told him about what fun stuff I did with the squad, he seemed to brighten up and he asked me to tell him more. Poor guy. So I hung out with the cool kids more and bragged about everything to Kyle. Where we went, how they sometimes have red eyes and suffer mood swings, how I can never stay at Mark's place past 9 p.m. as they always have to do something, or about their continuous phone calls that they say are for sports betting and how they make me calculate and take notes for it. I really sounded like I was so close with them, and I was pretty proud of this fact. One time I was at Mark's, and I walked back from the restroom to overhear them talking about throwing a big party at a club downtown the night after. Oh, a party? I asked. They looked a bit off, but then Mark stuttered, Yeah, yeah, you can come too. I was so excited. It'd be my first party ever. I might finally be able to find a girlfriend there. I rushed home to find my most fly outfit while I called Kyle to brag about it. Kyle didn't sound too excited for me. Instead, he was Mr. Serious, which was such a buzzkill. I put his attitude down to jealousy, but this kind of bugged me. It wasn't my fault he was shy and awkward. Now, let's talk about the club party. It was at this really trendy venue with an indoor pool, a diamond-encrusted bar, and there were beautiful women walking around in tiny bikinis. I was chilling in the VIP lounge with the boys, an exotic-looking cocktail in hand... This was the life. Out of nowhere, there was a loud bang as the cops suddenly burst in with guns. They told me to put our hands on our heads. I was terrified. I had no idea what was going on. I was shut in an interrogation room at the police station. I panicked. Was I in big trouble, even though I had no idea what I was in big trouble for? Then, Kyle entered the room. Only, he was wearing a police uniform. I stared at him in confusion, and he just gave me an awkward look. Turns out Kyle wasn't actually called Kyle, and he wasn't a high school student. Instead, he was an undercover cop. I felt betrayed. Was he using me all this time? Did he frame me to arrest me? Was our friendship all fake? Then he told me that the four cool kids are actually related to a gang and are part of a drug trafficking chain. He went undercover to find the evidence he needed to arrest them once and for all. It turns out all my information had helped him do just that. He knew I was a good guy and didn't know anything about it, so he tried to pull me out of this ASAP before I sank deeper into it. I was free to go. (sighs) He then introduced himself for real this time. His name was Sam. He was 24, and he was married with a daughter. I'm still friends with Sam and even drop by his house now and again to play video games and listen to classic rock tunes. It does worry me that I unknowingly got the cool kids into deep trouble. Sometimes I wake up in the night and freak out that their families will come and punish me for what happened. Sam says I will be fine, as nothing is traceable to me. I still can't quite believe that hanging out with the cool kids ended the way it did. 
it's safe to say that I won't be agreeing to do anyone else's homework again. Although I may make an exception if a cute girl asks me. I do miss certain aspects about hanging out with the cool kids, such as the nice cars and their lavish homes, but I guess I'm okay with just being me. What's life like for Ken Takashi? Picture this. Born into the gold-gilded but ice-cold arms of a wealthy family in Tokyo. They're youngest of four and the butt of all their cruel jokes. Ah, oh, little Kenny. My eldest brother Hiro would smirk. Always with his nose in a book. As if that would replace real-life experience. Cut him some slack. Maki, my sister, would chime in, her voice dripping with forced sweetness. He's only preparing for his exciting career as a librarian. Yeah. Or an encyclopedia salesman. The third tormentor Kazuki would laugh. My siblings. God's gift to comedy. Just not the funny kind. Love? Nah. Don't have the time or the patience. I would tell my reflection in the mirror. Truth was, in the grand production of my life, I was both the tragic hero and the laughing stock. That was until the curtains rose on Asami. High school was where I met her. Asami. A girl whose spirit made even my stark life seem colorful. Ken, you're different, but in a good way, she said on our first meeting, her eyes sparkling with sincerity. Different? Yeah, I get that a lot, I'd said, a hint of self-deprecating humor tinging my voice. I would often joke, I'm like a limited edition comic book. Rare, misunderstood, and sadly, not everyone's cup of tea. But that's what makes you special, Ken, Asami countered, always the eternal optimist. She brought joy and warmth into my frosty existence, and like a moth to a flame, I was drawn to her. Dare I dream, dare I think that love may actually be on the cards for this loner, I remember asking my lonesome self. But then, reality bit, and it bit hard. Enter stage left, Rena, the dutiful daughter of my father's influential business partner and the unwilling co-star in my life's drama. Ken, my father announced one day, you're marrying Rena. It's for the family, son. Duty, the one script I could never rewrite. Asami, I... The words got caught in my throat. How do you explain that your love story just got axed in the season finale for a spin-off nobody asked for? Fast forward a few years, I was knee-deep in a loveless marriage. A job that demanded my soul and a daughter, Miho who is fast becoming a stranger. Guess it's another dinner for one tonight, I would joke to the empty house. The echo would somehow make it less funny. As I waded through the sea of my mundane life, the thoughts of Asami became my life raft. I wonder what she's doing now. Probably adding color to someone else's life, I'd muse, scrolling through her social media. Asami, living her dream, and me, dreaming my life away. Ah, my siblings, let's not forget them. Look at Ken, living the high life where we would scrape through, Hero would snap during our rare meetings. The irony, of course, was lost on them. My fortune was my cage, and I was the golden bird, shackled and silenced. In the grand scheme of things, a dysfunctional family was just the tip of the iceberg of problems. Here I was, just a successful businessman, thrust into the world of spite and jealousy. They detested me. The reason? I'd inherited most of our family fortune. And suddenly, family dinners felt more like court hearings. It was another ordinary day. Or so I thought. I was juggling a flurry of emails, dealing with stock market projections when my phone rang. A call from an unknown number. Mr. Takashi. The voice on the other end snarled, setting my heart into overdrive. He claimed he had Rina and Miho. He demanded a hefty ransom, or else. The fear in his words was palpable. 
even infectious. Oh, joy, I thought, though the adrenaline pumping through my veins begged to differ. Panicked, I transferred the ransom faster than a teenager typing out a tweet. A torrent of relief washed over me when I was done. Problem solved, right? I muttered to myself. A couple of days later, my phone rang. It was a call from my contact at the bank, Haruto, a guy whose humor was as dry as the desert. He had called to share an intriguing piece of information, that the account to which I had transferred the ransom money belonged to an aspiring actor. I was struck with a wave of bewilderment. Actors now kidnap people? Is it because all the good roles were taken? <laughs> I tried to laugh it off, but the pieces of the puzzle began fitting together in a way I wish they wouldn't. Investigating further, I discovered that this actor, in fact, was recently hired by my daughter, Miho, for a school project. The dots were connecting, painting a picture I would rather not see. But the most crushing blow was yet to come. While wrestling with the newfound revelations, I got a call from an anonymous tipster. The unknown voice claimed to be a member of my family's staff, driven by guilt to spell the truth. It was an orchestration, a vile plot woven by the people I called my family. They staged the kidnapping, employed the actors, and then had planned to play victim. I had been outsmarted, outplayed, betrayed. A feeling of being ice cold and on fire at the same time swept over me. And then came the media storm. I woke up one day to find myself the villain in my own life story. Splashed across newspapers and television screens. The tale of my corruption, abuse, and fraudulent behavior was the hot gossip in town. Waking up to a tabloid symphony of my public humiliation wasn't exactly the highlight of my life. News alerts buzzed on my phone like angry bees. I picked it up. The reality of my situation settling in. Ken Takashi, abusive father, business tycoon, or fraud? And Takashi's money laundering scheme exposed. The morning news had never tasted so bitter. Losing my job was a punch to the gut. When they handed me the pink slip, I said, Hey, at least I'll get to try out being unemployed. The HR guy didn't seem to appreciate my humor. Guess I was the only one laughing in the face of public humiliation. Just when I started to accept my starring role in this real-life nightmare, my phone buzzed. Asami, she asked, You okay? I've been better. Lost my job. Public enemy number one. The usual stuff. How's your day going? My attempt at sarcasm was as bitter as the black coffee I was sipping. Asami was a godsend. She brought a calm to my storm, pushing me to fight back. Ken, you can't let them get away with this. You have to stand up for yourself. She'd tell me, her voice the grounding I needed. Then there was Daiki. Stern, poker-faced Daiki. As the detective assigned to my case, he was more impassive than a stone statue. I'm just doing my job, Takashi, he said, pouring over the files piled over his desk. And your job seems to be turning up as suspect number one. But as we sat down over many cups of terrible office coffee, Daiki started to question the narrative being sold. There are inconsistencies in the testimonies, he admitted one day. And the evidence, it's too convenient. My relief must have shown because he quickly added, Don't get too comfortable, Takashi. It doesn't mean you're off the hook. It just means I'm not buying their story. Yet. With Asami on my side and Daiki slowly turning from suspicion, we began to unravel the sordid plot that had landed me here. Every new piece of evidence, every hidden truth was a shocking revelation. One evening, I found myself standing in front of a mirror, looking at the stranger staring back at me. Alright, Ken. It's you against the world. Showtime. I'd always enjoyed a good mystery, but being pulled in the middle was not as thrilling. As Daiki and I dug deeper, we discovered a puppeteer pulling the strings behind the scenes. Someone had made me the antagonist of this tragic opera. Who would hate me enough to go to these lengths? The list wasn't exactly short. 
There was a club of people I'd pissed off in my past, but none seemed to fit the bill. My life was spiraling, but amidst the chaos, I had an epiphany. Perhaps I could reinvent myself. I'd always fancied being an entrepreneur. So what better time than now, when I'd nearly lost everything? And just because I was down didn't mean I was out. I decided to take my story to the people. I launched a YouTube channel, Life According to Ken. Each video a rebuttal to their baseless accusations, a chance to reveal the evidence I'd found. One day, I said to my camera, Today, let's talk about trust and betrayal, and how they're as close as twins but couldn't be more different. I shared my side of my story, peppered with my signature wit and occasional dad jokes. My subscribers started to grow, and so did the public's interest in my case. I got creative, embedding clues within my videos, breadcrumbs that led viewers closer to the invisible hand behind all of this. The comment section turned into a virtual detective agency, and they were as eager as Daiki to crack the case. In all of this, I felt a strange sense of purpose. Even as I fought my battles, I was making a difference with my online platform. And perhaps, just maybe, getting closer to finding the architect of my downfall. One night, while I was at dinner with Asami, she confessed something. Everyone is saying that I should be staying away from you. My friends, my family, even my fans. I raised an eyebrow, a sardonic smile on my face. Oh, so the court of public opinion has spoken, has it? Ken, I'm serious. They think you're bad news. And there's something else. I can't help but wonder. Are you using me as a distraction from all this? She gestured vaguely around her. I looked at her, speechless for a moment. Then, taking a deep breath, I said, Asami, the only way I'm using you is to keep myself sane in this insane situation. You make me feel like I can get through this. Meanwhile, I was dealing with a snake in the grass in Daiki's team. Someone was spilling the beans to the puppet master of this whole damn circus. Unveiling the traitor became a thrilling part of my unfolding saga. During a YouTube livestream, I told my viewers, You know, there's something particularly cinematic about discovering a mole in your team. A nice dash of suspense, don't you think? Then, out of the blue, an ex-con entered the scene. Another blast from the past, carrying the weight of a grudge against my siblings. One day, he showed up with a piece of information that could potentially reveal the identity of the mysterious puppet master. Ken, he grumbled, I've got my own axe to grind. Seems like our enemies might be the same. Bingo, I muttered as the pieces fell into place. The puppet master, the architect of my ruin, was none other than Rena's father. The revelation was like a punch right into my gut. I went to his house, ready to confront him. I did it all for my boy, he confessed, a twisted satisfaction in his eyes. He lost everything because of you, Ken. His business, his life. I felt a flare of anger. All that over a business deal? I snapped, bitterness seeping into my tone. You decided to play God with our lives because your son couldn't take a professional setback? Yes, he hissed. And I'd do it again. Thankfully, Daiki picked the perfect moment for a dramatic entry. Well, you won't get the chance to, he announced with handcuffs in his hand. As my name cleared and my life began its climb out of the trenches, my relationship with my estranged daughter saw a ray of light. I'm sorry, Dad. I didn't want any of this. And yet, it happened. <sighs> I sighed, choosing forgiveness. Because what else do you do when you're a father? And then there was Asami, the woman who'd seen me at my worst my best, and all the ridiculous moments in between. It was during a live stream on my YouTube channel when I decided to pop the question. Okay, guys, I began, my heart pounding. I'm doing something I've never done before. Asami, will you marry me?
She said yes, and we sealed it with a kiss. Our followers erupted into a virtual applause. The comment section was a blur of congratulatory messages. I kept working on my online learning platform, turning it into a venture that not just turned profits, but changed lives. The YouTube channel became a platform for truth, for stories, for occasional rants, and a lot of bad jokes. I decided to cut off my siblings and my ex-wife. I did not even want to confront them. It was pointless. As for my daughter, I tried to rebuild our relationship as much as I could, and it was blossoming into a strong bond. Was I a happy man? You bet. In the face of adversity, I found my purpose in love. It was a wild ride, and honestly, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Ms. Lopez was easily the best-looking teacher at our school, so sometimes I gave her compliments like, Miss Lopez, you look stunning today. Oh, thank you. That means a lot coming from a handsome boy like you. She gave me a kiss on my cheek, and my classmates were shocked. How could a teacher flirt so openly with her student? Well, for the school's Christmas party, Miss Lopez came dressed like a stripper Santa. I'm not exaggerating. The principal even made her change her outfit because it was too short. That's the kind of woman she was. But then I failed my Spanish exam and asked Miss Lopez if she would let me pass the course anyway. She responded, Okay. Let's make a deal. I will give you a B-plus on your report card if you give me a compliment that makes me blush. Oh, <laughs> well, that's easy, Miss Lopez, because you are so beautiful that I would date you even if you were my own daughter. I wondered if I had gone too far, but she bursted <laughs> out laughing and said, You little perv, you have such a dirty mind. But okay, I'll let you pass the course. Maybe we flirted too much, though, because rumors spread that Miss Lopez and I were having an affair. The guys thought it was cool and gave me props, but one girl couldn't take it. My annoying girlfriend, Whitney. She completely freaked out when Miss Lopez told me, I can't believe you haven't found a girlfriend yet. You are such a cutie. I am his girlfriend! And now stop hitting on him, you shameless tramp! What? He is dating you? What a shame. He could do so much better. If that wasn't mean enough, Miss Lopez asked me to stay for a private talk after class. Problem was that Whitney refused to leave my side. She said, You are just a sad old lady who can't find a guy. That's why you're trying to steal my boyfriend away from me. <laughs> oh, I can have any man I want. But your boyfriend and I have a special connection. I just can't get him out of my mind. As revenge, Whitney drew an unflattering caricature of her on the blackboard. When Miss Lopez saw it, she immediately said, Whitney, did you draw that? Huh? Why? Does the drawing remind you of someone? Look, if you have a problem with my clothing style, just tell it to my face. That's not a style. It's an embarrassment. Well, why don't we ask the guys? Hey, listen up. If you think I'm better dressed than Whitney, please raise your hand. All the boys sided with Miss Lopez, and Whitney got so mad, I had to stop her from throwing her water bottle at her. And the following week, we went on a three-day class trip. We wanted to do a canoe tour, so Miss Lopez split us up into teams of two. When I was left without a partner, she said, Looks like we are together, my cutie. No way! My boyfriend stays with me! Actually, I am the teacher, and I get to decide. Whitney threw a huge tantrum, and Miss Lopez was forced to call her parents so they would pick her up. But first, Whitney took me aside and said, Promise me to stay away from that witch! I can't. She's my teacher. And I 
am your girlfriend, and you do what I tell you to do. But of course I didn't. The canoe tour was awesome. Miss Lopez wore a hot sundress, and we had a nice chat. There's something wrong with your girlfriend. Yeah, she's kind of annoying. Have you ever dated a real woman? Not just a girl? I don't think so. Not yet. Well, I think I can change that. What do you think? Can you put some sunscreen on my shoulders? Touching and massaging her skin felt so good. But we didn't go any further. Not even a little kiss. Only on the last night of our trip, Miss Lopez came to my bed and whispered, I want you to act sick tomorrow morning, so we can stay here another night while everyone else drives home. She didn't have to ask twice. I pretended to have a bad stomachache, and then Miss Lopez came into the dorm, saying, Oh, my poor baby, you look awful. You are not fit to go in the bus and drive home. But don't worry, I will take care of you. It was perfect. Once everyone was gone, Ms. Lopez put her arms around me and kissed me on my mouth. We kept going for hours until I got a message from Whitney asking, Why didn't you come back home? You were sick. Of course, I didn't respond. Ms. Lopez was more important than my girlfriend. But in the evening, we went to a pub, and that's when Whitney stormed in. She threw Miss Lopez to the ground and screamed. There you are, seducing teenagers. You should go to prison for the rest of your life. Stop it, Whitney. I'm 18. Miss Lopez and I can do whatever we want. Yeah, listen to your boyfriend. He likes me more than you. She leaned over and started kissing me again. It was so good, but then Whitney pulled Miss Lopez's hair again and they started fighting over me. It was a lot of fun to watch, but I had to separate them. Whitney, go home. I'm breaking up with you. Ha! You lost. Your boyfriend chose me because I'm way hotter than you. That's when Whitney started crying. I felt bad and wanted to give her a hug. But Ms. Lopez stepped between us and threw her beer all over Whitney. You get what you deserve, chica. Then Ms. Lopez took me to her room and we made out until sunrise. It was the best night of my life, even though I still felt guilty. When I got back home, I immediately messaged Whitney. I'm sorry for how I treated you, and I hope I haven't hurt you too badly. She responded with photos of Ms. Lopez's car. The windows were smashed, and the whole car was covered in graffiti with nasty words on it. I guess women are just crazy when it comes to dating men. I'm Henry, and when I was a little boy, I realized I wanted a different life from what I knew. I was sick of all the rules. Every morning, a maid would wake me up by throwing all the curtains wide open. I needed to be at the breakfast table with my parents at 7.30 on the dot. I would get driven to Eton, and there I'd have a private tutoring session. The only thing I looked forward to at school were my friends. At around lunchtime, we'd eat together, and then I got to join in on their classes for the afternoon. I know some people don't like boarding schools, but I wish my parents would let me board instead of driving every day. I wanted freedom, I guess. A lot of people talk about it like it was some sort of magical thing. I never knew what that was like. My every move has been watched by people my whole life. From the moment I came into this world, the media, the country, the whole world even. I just wanted a normal life. I fantasized about having a normal high school experience, like what you see in those Hollywood movies. 
So, with the help of my friends, I ran away. They climbed up to my window and busted me out of the palace. Jude drove us to a private hangar and they put a disguise on me. Jude handed a wad of cash to his dad's pilot. I hugged all three of them and said my goodbyes. And just like that, I was in the air and on my way to Los Angeles to live out the life I'd always dreamed of. The first thing I saw when we landed was my face on the front page of every newspaper. Prince goes missing, the headlines said. Lucas arranged the place I would stay at. It was lucky that his family had a mansion there and they rarely visited it. Paul helped me too. He hacked into the US government sites and faked my identity. He sent me a fake ID, a fake passport, and opened a bank account for me to which he transferred my money. He enrolled me into a high school nearby, and that very next Monday, I started my dream life. Everyone was excited about the kid who was transferring in the middle of sophomore year, and I made a bunch of friends. They were all curious about the accent. I got a job at a car wash. I knew I had to sell the idea that I was just a normal kid, and I didn't want anyone suspecting that I was rich. I rode a bike to school and never invited anyone to the house. I joined the rugby team, and that's where I met Damien. I had a bad feeling about him from the moment we met, and that was immediately confirmed when during tryouts he never even needed to play. I just saw his dad talking to the coach and he was immediately accepted. Not only that, he became the captain. The rookie got promoted on his first day. It was unbelievable. I started dating a girl who sat behind me in Spanish. Her name was Laura, and I guess, for some reason, Damien considered me his rival. Probably because, even though he was the rugby captain, he was the worst player we had. And I was the best. Yo, introduce me to that girl you're seeing, and I'm gonna bench you the whole season. No thanks. Find your own girlfriend. <laughs> I don't like her, and I just want to see you squirm. Bugger off, Damien. Or what? What if I tell everyone your little secret, your majesty? It's your royal highness, you ignorant... Wait, what? Oh, yeah, I know all about you. I read the news, and your disguise is awful. Now give me your girl's number, or I'll ruin your little vacation. One phone call and your family will come scoop you up and take you back to where you belong. I had no choice, and I guess it turned out to be the right move because as soon as Laura found out that Damien was rich, she jumped ship like I was the Titanic, and she showed her true colors. I asked her to talk about it, but she dumped me in a text, told me she couldn't meet up because she had a family thing. Come to find out, she was at the same Halloween party as I was that very same night, only she had a date, Damien. Unsurprisingly, I was furious. Don't act so surprised, Henry. Did you really think I'd stay with you now that I know Damien wants me? You're literally penniless, an orphan, and you have a weird accent. Nobody really bothered with how I sounded until then. But when Laura said it, everyone laughed. And from that moment on, the kids at school would just chuckle every time I talked. They would imitate me, and they were bad imitations too. They spoke like chavs and not in the same accent as royalty like me would have. But I didn't want to stick out even more than I already did, so I just kept my head down and laughed it off. I wanted to live this life. I wanted the American high school experience that I saw in the movies. 
But when Damien took it too far, I had no other choice but to reveal who I was. We went to a lake for camp that year, and weird things kept happening. Kids complained that their stuff kept going missing, and it wasn't just small things either. One kid had a laptop stolen, another had her earrings taken from her while she was sleeping. About ten other kids got their phones stolen. Damien, with the help of my ex, spread rumors that I was the one taking the other kids' stuff during summer camp. He's the only poor one here. He works at a car wash. He clearly needs the money. Yeah, Damien's right. I couldn't just let it stand anymore. Why would I need your silly trinkets? I'm literally a prince. <laughs> He's delusional now too. Stop spewing nonsense and give us back what you stole or we'll call the cops. I'm Prince Henry. You have the internet. Google me. Everyone laughed at me and called me loopy. Damien knew the truth, and he just kept lying and lying. I couldn't hold it in anymore. I lunged at him. We tussled and rolled around on the forest floor. You lying scumbag! Tell them! Tell them you know it's true! You cheat, you lie, and you manipulate my girlfriend to be with you, even though you don't even like her! What? Liar! Laura joined in on the scrap. She started pulling me away from Damien, and the crowd was closing in on me, demanding me to cough up their stuff that I didn't have. Enough! I thought I was hearing things. I thought I'd somehow teleported home. But when I looked up, it was really them. Jude, Lucas, and Paul were looking down at me, parting the crowd and reaching down to help me off the ground. How dare you treat a prince like this? Yeah, if we weren't in America, you lot would be charged with treason. What? Why are you here? We've got holidays too, mate. And what better way to spend them than to join you on your little adventure? I finally took my disguise off, and everyone gasped. They realized I wasn't lying. For some odd reason, people started bowing. Some curtsied. It was very weird. And at that perfect moment, Damien's bag burst. It must have torn from when we were rolling around in the dirt. And ten phones, a pair of earrings, and a few laptops were spewed everywhere. Even I was shocked. All along, it was him. The parents were called, but after scolding Damien for what he did, they didn't press charges. It was all thanks to his dad. He knelt in front of the parents and begged them not to ruin his son's future. It turns out they weren't rich anymore. The dad had lost all their money in a pyramid scheme, and Damien was determined to keep up appearances so he would regularly steal and shoplift. The moment we heard that, Laura immediately broke up with him and came running back to me. But I rejected her, but she kept showing up at the mansion. One day, she managed to break in and found me, Lucas, Paul, and Jude lounging at the pool with all the popular girls who now wanted to date my friends and me. I... I'm sorry. It's all my fault. I was blinded by his promises, and I thought he was rich. Ah, a gold digger who admits it. Ha <laughs> ha! That's rare! You should defo get back with her. Okay, on one condition. Do everything I tell you. As you can see, this house is huge, and I'm gonna need a maid. Say that again. Your voice is music to my ears. And you said my accent was weird. What? No! No, your accent isn't weird. 
I love your accent. All right, go fetch me a bottle of water. Chop, chop. She ran faster than I'd ever seen anyone do so. And when she returned, she was carrying a bucket of ice, from which she fished out several brands of the fanciest of bottled waters. I made her clean the house for an entire week. I made her cook me breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I made her walk my dogs, and she did all of that with a smile. But I knew her real motives. She thought she could land a prince and become a duchess. That's all she was after. So, after I'd punished her thoroughly, I locked her out of the mansion. I stationed 20 guards to make sure she never broke in again. I posted photos of her desperately waving at me from outside the gate. She became a laughing stock. The most satisfying thing was having celebrities over and dating a movie star while Laura watched from afar. The life she could have had if she wasn't so obsessed with fame and fortune. I did fall in love during my time in America. She was a simple girl from the country. She grew up on a farm and had no evil ambitions. Her name was Stacy, and when she and her family visited me at Lucas's mansion, I made sure I kissed her as Laura watched, and I saw the hope in her eyes fade as she regretted every decision she made. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.